Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes defeated their foes and have found a new home. The Fortress of Forlorn Hope has been founded, and Butthole, Juniper, and Quinny befriended a local dragon and his children, brought their party into the castle, and are planning their next steps to save the world. What will that involve? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. After everything you've been through, having a moment of peace is something uh, a little bit disarming, a little bit disturbing, and a little bit odd. And yet, before you set out on your important mission to help restock uh, the rapidly diminishing supplies of the castle, you have a just a brief moment of peace. It has been a hell of a ride uh, for all of you to get here, and you suddenly find yourselves for the first time since Fandolin, and to some extent uh, McSquiggly, having a home all together, which is a bit weird, and uh, I think a bit uh, odd for all of you, and yet something that all of you have kind of desperately needed. So. Today, as we deal with uh, the Fortress of Forlorn Hope, I believe right. we went with, um, we're going to talk a little bit about how you've made this place your own. So the interesting thing for all of you is you now finally have a permanent home here in Faerun. And over the course of uh, the rest of the adventure, you're going to be able to continue to upgrade uh, this castle. So we'll talk in a minute about what you want to upgrade now and how that will affect your forthcoming adventure. But in the meantime, I'd be curious to hear how each of you has made this your home because you each now have a room that is yours. Now, Butthole, you took the master bedroom, uh, the former bedroom of the, the dead lich, um, but the rest of you have your own rooms. And I think we'll say a few days have passed. Uh, you were all pretty fucked up at the end of the last adventure. And no. uh, a few days to recover before you go off in search of supplies is, I think, more than warranted. So I'm curious to hear what each of your rooms looks like. Uh, and Tyler, this will uh, count for both uh, Quinny and Bucky. I'm curious to hear what oh. both of their rooms look like. Um, but Butthole, let's start with you. You took the master bedroom, um, but you didn't take it triumphantly. You took it kind of exhaustedly and a little bit forlornly. Um and you've also, I think, been wrestling with the idea of having Reginald now, having, you know, the team back together, but also 
kind of being back in a position of leadership after your time in the Old West, but also having theoretically passed that off, and also learning that Akai is now triumphant in, you know, running an army of the undead all over Faerun. Um, we've had a bit of a time. So what does uh, what does your bedroom look like and how are you settling in? Um, he would have a, a mannequin brought in so he could put his armor on it. If he isn't going to wear like the big gold suit and his gear, he could like hang Moonlight Bringer over the fireplace. He'd do, tool that up as a shrine to Moonhammer slash himself in that weird kind of creating religion way. I think in one corner, he has a, a, a facsimile of a printing press that's just making the Moonhammer pamphlets that he wants to give people with the, the Moon Amendments. Hmm. That's his his own meditation time. You know, just for him, he can go do that. Otherwise, the, the bed is still fancy. I don't think he replaced a lot of the furniture. That's not really it. I think he's added functional items. I think there's a map of the whole world laid out over a table in that, like, Dragon Age Inquisition mission Thank area. You, yes. where. yep. So he can look at what's going on and figure out what's happening when reports come in, it's there. And I think it's a mixture of a bedroom and an office. The bedside of it is the bedside of it. He's probably got a big, stupid robe, a la, like, Hugh Hefner style. Not, not in sure. a creepy, like, come into my Weinstein office open robe way, but no, like, a just he's got a, a like fancy kind of... I want to be comfortable of, in a... A king like of Christmas past kind yes, of robe? Yes, exactly, mm, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that I is guess. exactly the vibe. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, present, I believe. Yes. Happy Gregarious ghost. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he's he's got that kind of vibe when sure. he's like taking people meetings in his office. Uh and then I think we have we had somebody working on a crown, right? We had Well, again, you've you've had a bit of time. Everyone's been able to come back. So yes, uh what kind of crown do you think you have? Uh gold. Keeping in mind what's available. Like it's still gonna be kind of like if it's gold, it's gonna be thin because yeah, there's a lot of gold no, kicking around. It wouldn't be elaborate at all. I think it would be very much in that kind of like circlet kind of. If you're thinking sure. uh, Warhammer fantasy battle, what, like the clerics wear, where it's literally one simple band yeah, that just kind of goes around uh, the temples. Uh, he would definitely talk to Quinny, uh, Bucky, Juniper, and the others. So I think his he'd, he'd choose the band design, and then there obviously would be a symbol of Moonhammer. Okay, right well, we, we can have that th those conversations right. in a bit. Let's just make sure everyone's Super. settled. Um, I guess my, my one question for you before we move on from uh, Butthole's Chambers is you've got the printing press cranking out the Moon Mandments, and you've made a shrine to Moonhammer. Um, but this is also your first time to actually kind of accept the fact that Moonhammer is gone and is not returning. Like you are you are now the aspect of her. You are her uh, butt hammer here in this world. Um, how does Butthole feel? I mean, I get that he's cranking out the Moon Mandments. I get that he's set up the shrine. But for someone who's always worshipped a god and has now basically been entrusted with essentially being the ambassador of that god in a world, um, is he processing that? Is he just kind of carrying on as though that isn't true because it's easier? Where, where is he at with his own state of deification? I think he's he would read as older than he has in previous adventures. Like, I feel like the same kind of 
charm and energy that he always has is there. It's just it's just a tad dulled. And he's a tad physically older because it is weighing on him. He doesn't know the rules. And he's usually a guy who's very good with the rules and yeah. things make sense. But downtime for him would be a lot of like reading and sitting staring out a window when he's alone. With other people, he'd be being very well, kingly. But yeah, yeah I think it's, that's- it's lonely. So how he's does lonely. he That's how does he end. feel about the altar and the printing press then? Because he's like, because it sounds to me like he's he's carrying on very much in the model that he was running, the mode he was running in. But now it's it is that loneliness, that hollowness. How does he feel about the altar and how does he feel about the printing press? He can't stop praying to Moonhammer. That's beyond him at mm. this point. So he's praying to more the ideal and yep. imagining that she can hear in that way that that he knows isn't true, but stoically habitually he's doing that. And then I think it's, it's just the safety of the ritual, but it's not as calming as it otherwise would be. Like he's not settled with it. It's just, this is what he does. And if he doesn't do this, he has to figure out another thing to do. And he's not ready to do that. And he can't tell everybody he's (laughs) fucked up about this because he has to be the king of this new stupid castle. And there's a war and shit. So I think there's a lot of, him going out and being personable and getting caught up in like weird dumb shit. But for Quinny specifically, because Quinny knows him the best, he'd probably notice that there is an underlying tension to butthole that's normally not there's there. There's a loneliness there because yeah. there isn't someone on the other end of the phone anymore. The phone call still matters, but the the line is empty. Theoretically, this is the first time butthole has ever been able to be wrong. Right. Which is yep. a big thing okay. for him. Because before, Moonhammer always told him what to do. So if Moonhammer's not telling him what to do, he can fuck this up at any moment, which is a Mm -hmm. big change for him. Very cool. All right, uh, Quinny, uh, you are no longer the king of a car. That's pretty great. You almost died. Uh, You got Mickey a cool robot body. Yeah. Um, But you also uh, came to the realization that you don't want to be brought back, that um, having died previously and had a bit of a Buffy season six moment of... (laughs) Okay, y'all brought me back. That's fine, but mm, um, you're in a lot of ways. I think uh, for Butthole that was a very jarring uh, revelation. But I think weirdly for you that was kind of a yeah. But you know, I got this, so this is fine. Uh, yeah. A lot of the responsibilities off your shoulders. Um, you managed to pull through this incredibly difficult battle to take the castle, um, and now weirdly you, you have a room for I think. For you, probably the first time really since, like, you left home. Like, I don't think you really had a, a private space in the McSquiggly because you were kind of late to that. Fandolin, you guys weren't ever really there. You've basically been on the road since jail. So yeah. what is uh, what is Quinny's room like? I think uh, a lot of what you're saying is reflected in his room. Um, I think there is a... There is a workbench with a number of varying, like intricate locks, and his thieves' tools kind of rolled out. Uh, there's like oil and things like that, and there's a s- different sizes of um, hourglasses. Mm. Uh, he's clearly timing himself for locking and unlocking these things and that sort of stuff. Um, uh, uh, just keeping sharp uh, in that way on like kind of like just the basics of thievery. Um, but I think the room is fairly stark and like free of any sort of like personality. I think he's probably picked up a bunch of like trinkets and shiny stuff um, that he's sort of like looted from around the mm-hmm. castle. Uh, but it's not like 
proudly on display or anything like that. I think it's all in just like a sack at like the foot of his bed. Um, so just like he just takes things and then just puts them in a bag like they're not actually important. And <laughs> it's the it's the taking the act of of nabbing stuff that he finds any kind of real satisfaction in, and having so, it does nothing for him. So would you say that? To some extent, he's kind of leaning on old habits to try oh, and yeah. stay sane. Because, I mean, I know, like, with the <clears throat> new deal with Baba Yaga, like, you've got your power now yeah. as well. But it's, I feel like for someone like Quinny, having a grudge against someone like Manny is an easy, in a lot of ways, an easy thing to lean into. Just it's like, an ah, easy way to fuck live. this guy. Yeah, yeah. But when that's gone, it's like, ah, well. Mm. Gets tougher to live a life after you've you've died and been brought back and what were you brought back for? And, right. You know, well, and, and you had purpose and then that purpose yeah. kind of evaporated. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So you've been, you've been like thieving minor things and, and finding no, no pleasure in it. So yeah, I think that makes sense. A, a stark room that is, uh, um, Caesar six on a series of downers folks. Yeah, baby. <laughs> no, it's all right. Bucky said he's fixing everything at the end of last season. We're good. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I didn't kill anyone in the first arc of season six. So like truly, <laughs> This is all still a gift. Um, all right, so you're, yeah, so Quinny, you, you've you kind of set up a, a functional space to kind of keep yourself sharp um, and really leaning on those old habits that Mickey yeah. kind of pushed you back into, just like, right, you're thieving, this is something I'm good at, and more importantly, this is something you're good at without anyone else's um, influence. influence. This yeah. is the thing yeah. that you've always been good at. I mean, Gary kind of helped, but like generally, you were you were a good thief before you went to jail. You were a better thief after you got out of jail. But yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So also, like both of you then are, are kind of in unquiet positions as as we start uh, our new life here at the uh, the fortress. We'll talk about what you've discussed soon. Um, in the meantime, uh, Moss and Juniper, uh, what is? Uh, I mean, you've got roommates of yourself. Uh, what is, uh, what is this new space like for the two of you? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, Moss has just got to make this her own. Um, uh, unsurprisingly, um, Moss likes to be surrounded by like plants and stuff. So she, uh, I firstly, first step is to like cast plant growth on Mm -hmm. her entire room, just so she's got kind of like epiphytes which are like vines and stuff that like take all their nutrients from the air which is like hanging over everything moss on the walls laura to be clear is this uh old west moss is doing this or juniper is doing this okay interesting all right so both of them are doing this this is very much like the unified identity yeah okay gotcha the core was like very connected to nature um and then i juniper still slash old moss slash both of them um, is still kind of unsure. I think what to do, like how to be chief justice. That's still a thing that hasn't fully been addressed yet. So I think she would start building bookshelves Hmm. and probably send away to like, probably like the hand or library or something and be like, can you advise? We can't, we can't come communicate with anyone. The dead walk the earth, my friend. All communication oh, lines and standard supply lines are cut off. So That's I would say off. if you want to attempt to send something to Handor, you could uh, just know that it isn't as simple as saying, hey, we need some books. It's uh, uh, outside is the walking dead. In here okay. is fine. You in- could still send a message, though, if you wanted. 
I'd just probably make you roll for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, she'd do that just as like, hey, maybe it'll work. Okay, how would you send the message? Um, uh, I mean, would you do it without telling anybody else or would you tell people you're trying to send a message? I'd be like, I would be like, uh, and and sorry, keep in mind, uh, I'm I'm sequestering everyone just to get a sense of where everyone's at. You can absolutely talk to each other and have work with each other because you do have a few days. So I would definitely be like asking people, how do I, how do I send, how do we Send messages. Like, it's just, it's whoa, not whoa, whoa, something whoa, whoa. that we've really done. I'm sorry, I'm done. sorry. Who are, who are you wanting to, me- I just want to be clear. Who are you trying to message and why? Because we're kind of in a hidden fortress in the middle of nowhere and evil is everywhere else. So like yes. sending an order out to get something you'd like for your room feels like a way evil could get access to exactly where we are. Yeah. Um, just want to float that. So, if this is like, I'd like to order from the library. Well, it doesn't feel like a great tactical decision. I think ordering our food in is a great idea. We don't have to go to any any boyhood towns or anything like that. We just kind of have the food come to us. I think that's smart. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm not against the idea of things getting brought in. I'm just pointing, we don't want to frivolously message a whole bunch of people and say, hey, got a castle, come I, on by. Because we'll get murdered. I, I'm, well, <laughs> the, the, okay, there's, so there's a small issue that uh, I'm your chief justice. Okay. I don't know how to do that. Okay. Uh, and I want to learn how to do that. Okay. But I don't know how to learn. You don't know how uh, to learn without I, reading books. I see. And what I don't this know how is. to get books. You think without... that books can teach you about well, justice? Well, uh, I. And he rests Look, I assume hand. it's I assume it's like fairly complicated. He rests Not a hand like, on Juniper's shoulder. And he just says, You clearly think that I gave you a job because you'd like what grow into it over time and study and then get a degree in chief justicing and then this would happen. Here's the deal. If that were true, I'd have sent you to Chief Justice School, and I'd probably have made someone else Chief Justice uh, Goblin Jr. But I did Snarf? Yeah, he instead air. It's gonna be great. But Snarf. I picked you because you are already somebody who knows how to do this job because it's going to come up. You know what happens when the world is covered by necromantic zombies run by my parents? No, you don't. Neither do I. And that's why justice is not going to follow the old rules. We're not dealing with like, oh, you stole a carriage. That shit is off the table for the next however long. Right now. That's awesome. You're, I, that, see, that's the privateer. He gets it. Deep down in his heart, he knows he has to give us like half the carriage if he steals it, but it's still good for us. Okay, but here's the thing, like the like OG Juniper that yeah. you know, uh, slash Moss, uh, she, I mean, she didn't, it, she didn't really know like a whole lot of like how to do that stuff other than like what she thinks is right. And then like, I spent my time in like, literally like freaking wild west yeah but you were, you were it's a sheriff, like very right? i was a sheriff but it's very much like well we got to deal with bandits and great the that wild just, west like li- literally very <laughs> few rules the rules were kind of what was like needed to deal with the current problems it's a lot of exactly forests out west out yeah, in the wilds or no it's a lot of sand actually Sa- you'd think yeah, it'd it's be pretty good. dry wild west I don't know because Wild honestly, is more about how the people act. 
It was like but, a party all the time. No, most of them were actually pretty reasonable, just kind of really focused on survival. I it felt a lot gorgeous. of guns. The pragmatic West sounds maybe more survival. Just based on West. what you're telling me, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it was pretty lawless. That's why it's perfect. Called wild. Just like a world full of zombies. I feel like you're ready for this because what you said is pretty lawless, and the law applies in the ways we need it to apply. Congratulations. That's so, all I want. As Chief Justice, I yep. will, I can take experiences and just decide on the fly. Yep. What, what, what to do? Yeah. And my if I don't like it, officers of the law just do that already. So, yeah, honestly, we could pretend it's different, but that's kind of being a police officer. Uh, I, the other thing is, if I don't like it, I overrule you. So it's fine. That's also pretty status quo, I found. For, for people in positions of power regarding the police. It's not a great institution is what we're saying. And it could really be reformed, but probably not today. But all it's right. going to defund you later. Well. And we're all going to sleep at night is what I'm telling you. All right. And so hmm, I'm going to have to think on this. Good. Just don't send any messages out about it. That'd be great without us all figuring out what our first round of messages okay. should be. All right. So I think uh, Moss would like go back to her room and literally like, pull out like parchment and like ink, like scroll and pro- basically just start like writing like, this is what I've learned. <laughs> this is all I know. Because she needs some sort of framework to work off and of. And Butthole sure. would send down a scent, uh, a, a a copy of the moon manments he's been printing. So you, you have an idea of his. I have the rules. moon manments. Okay. Oh, joyous day. You finally have the moon manments. I know that's been Juniper's secret quest this whole time. Your scroll <laughs> yeah. is appeased. Now you have Break a new scroll. Is you canceled. Can it's fine. Take a look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a level based baby. It's a level in cleric of moon hammer. <laughs> So like minus one level in literally all the things you like. Hey Tom, hey Tom, does my scroll, my my magic scroll, tell me what to do? How to hey be Juniper, chief justice? What magic scroll? <laughs> Fuck <Yeah>. you, I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe somewhere, but that's 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 a story for an epilogue, my friend. Uh, all right, uh, Bucky. Um, you've literally been to hell and back, and you're you're back amongst your friends. Um, and I think, uh, the weight of what's occurred is actually weighing kind of heavily on you because you can tell everyone's pretty bummed. Um, and while it's nice that you've got, you know, most people back and like Anna and, and, uh, you know, her crew have, have moved in and the, the castle's up and running. Um, you can tell that everyone's a bit bummed, but also you've, you've had to lead a whole uprising in hell. Um, which I think actually, as it turned out, worked pretty well. You had like the help of Juniper, you had the help of uh, Mudbutt, you had like a bunch of allies, uh, Farthole. Um, how has being the Che Guevara of Hell changed Bucky, or has it? Uh, I think Bucky is the kind of uh, sort of like resolute individual where that wouldn't change him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think now that we're, or I think he's seeing a degree of status quo that he hasn't seen in a while. 
And so similar to Quinny, he is also falling back into like old habits and finding comfort in that. Uh, so he is full on just like a gopher errand boy, just running around the castle doing odd jobs for whoever needs it, just relishing that bottom rung life um, on, on the ladder, just just eating it up. Um, his quarters, uh, the walls are hand painted. And by that, I do mean he stuck his hands in like buckets of paint and just like <laughs> did like designs <laughs> with his hands and like smeared them and stuff like that. So it is like beautiful colors and patterns, uh, like five, five and a half feet up the wall and then just slate gray as you can no longer reach. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and he's, his, his room is just full of like warmth and, and personal effects and things Do you think like that. Nice. Then based on the way you're describing this, did he take the gallery as his room or did he take a, a bedroom as his room? He would have taken like the last available room and just made it wonderful. All right, sure. This is the guy who, you know, put up drawings on the bottom of a carriage that he slept in a hammock under. We all uh, yeah. <laughs> in our hearts. So like any space he can make into his space. He can become comfortable anywhere. Um, okay. So he definitely got the last room and was happy, happy with it. I mean, happy ironically, the that all got. the bedrooms on that second floor are the same size. So like weirdly, <laughs> he's got a nice room now. It's just, you know, yeah. he, he gave everyone else the, the free run of it. All right. That's cool. Um, Ryan, uh, Reginald, didn't fight butthole for the the uh the master bedroom uh he is uh largely a man out of time um he's found some some new purpose i think um in yep. you know uh, butthole's acceptance and easy acceptance of him i think was a very uh, jarring transition for him um and uh certainly his time with uh sun scythe and everything else um what is reginald's room like yeah, so Reginald's had that downtime. I think it's weird because he's never had a good boss who's just like, I don't know, figure it out. And that's kind <laughs> of what he's got in terms of spy mastering. Uh, he's definitely rooming with Stephen because he would not mm -hmm. want to be alone. Uh, he, yeah, he does not want the master bedroom because that's the first place assassins go. Not interested. Uh, he, I think, will have taken like a, a closet or an antechamber or a room down by uh, the vault because... Oh, all the way down, eh? yeah. A, if anybody's coming in and fighting their way to the king, ah, oh, he just couldn't make it. Uh, <laughs> but the the other reason I think is the Raven Gate that he had that is down in the vault is mm. he is so instinctively uncomfortable about a portal that is deactivated in the heart of the fortress that his cowardice meets his heroism by being the guy right outside because other people might be like it's fine, but he's like if it goes bad, I'll know. And if right. stuff comes in from above. Maybe I can turn it off and help others, quote unquote, make a, a heroic exit. Um, and I'll it would be unexpected. First, make sure it's safe. Yeah. So yeah. definitely a, a thrown together room. He would have stolen comfortable furniture from everywhere. It would be elaborately and perhaps too much decorated. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. used to the color red. So he'd want anything red that he could. Very cushy. All of the above. All the stuff he never had at home. Uh, Steve has to sleep on a shitty cot set right by the door. Well, it, it sounds to me then, if this is outside the vault, like this is a uh, like an X Files or like Thor around Mjolnir tent situation, where it's just like he's built a little tent city of like heavy curtains around the vault, um, yep, and they're just like they've built essentially like a like you know Persian emperors <laughs> like traveling tent of like fine rugs, good couches, everything's great. 
but at the end it's just this big ass broken raven gate um and essentially the vault door is open and that's just still part of the architecture but you've built around it i mean yeah, you're so. you're describing this really beautifully and i'm just picturing like the massive fort from community <laughs> yes uh however it would be pretty well constructed because stevem is quite creative um. so i give stevem credit for the quality of it uh, and there'd be a little flap where people could go in and out if we're going to store supplies in there without having to like walk through his bedroom you know it's it's a half a step up from living in the living room of a shared apartment in a college. Well, I, I imagine there's like <laughs> a tent that extends past the the, the sort of like uh, barred way into the vault. And then there's the vault itself. So I imagine yeah. that you and Stephen are sleeping in the vault. And then there's just like a tent extending past that that has its own little curtain. So it's like there's the living space. And then there's like your bedroom spaces next to the vault where you both just sleep with a gun. Yeah, yeah, that honestly, yes, you've nailed it. That is yep. exactly what's going on, and that's Perfect. where they're sleeping. Okay, amazing. Um, I feel like Mog visits a lot, um, just because like he's fascinated by the vault and super bummed about how that all went down. Uh, but also, I think he he views a bit of a uh, a kindred spirit in in Reginald uh, to some extent as as like a, a fellow flashy rogue. Uh, he should be hanging out with Quinny, but he just remembers Quinny is like a dangerous murderer he met that one time. Uh, not as like a cool guy he can talk to about breaking into things. And Reginald would be a huge fan of Mog being around, and he also would immediately deputize Mog as a spy to spy on Quinny. Like, just he wants to know what the privateers are doing. Mog's on the inside. It's the beginning of his spy network. All right. Yep. Love that. Oh, it's going to go so badly. All right. Cool. Um, all right, so that's where you all find yourselves. Um, Ryan, you'd mentioned wanting to talk to a few people. I imagine uh, the rest of you probably want to as well. Uh, you do have a couple of days. Now, again, the the supplies and cold storage are are scant. Uh, so this isn't like a, we can comfortably be here, particularly when everyone else makes their way up, as they have um, from the, uh, the outpost. So you don't have a lot of time, but you do have a little bit of time uh, to rest up, uh, talk to each other, touch base. Also to gear up, uh, which we'll talk about shortly. But there are a number of cool things throughout the the castle. I will also be curious to hear um, the way we're going to play this is after every adventure, you get to upgrade one room okay. in the fortress. So I'll let you know what rooms are available. You can tell me which one you upgrade, and that will affect what, what you have Super. Uh, on your next adventure. But, um, Ryan, you want to touch base with a bunch of folks. So what do you um, do? Yeah, so the... The, I've kind of we have to have the well, so we'll imagine there's the combos of the group figuring out what's going on, but these are the separate kind of yeah, these are just the like, you know, I'm on the Normandy, I'm Commander Shepard, I'm going to walk from room to room and talk to all of my friends. Yeah, combos. yeah, and then so, we'll have the like war room. Perfect. Here's where we're going next. Yeah, I mean, Butthole would be doing the rounds daily. He'd be checking in with everybody in the castle, making sure that they like have found their own specialties, have found their own space, and that things are focused in the right direction. I feel like he's really actually good at day-to-day -day management, just like making people feel inspired, kind of guidancing people so they have something for the next few minutes as he goes through. Can you roll me a charisma save? Yeah. Uh, you're a bit lonely. You're a bit that is uh, true. lost yourself. <laughs> so I'm curious how, how effective he actually is on these rounds. Hey, he rolled very well. 25. Great. None of them noticed the loneliness in your heart. Just just Quinny. Uh, but uh, no, so well, he, he, we'll he'll, see. he'll play it up, uh, like kind of go through. The big things he'd want to make sure is that Leanne is is as the quartermaster is tracking everything we have because it could yep. come down to like we need to burn furniture and fire so what 
are things? How are the rations? I think um, when when you go to talk to her about that, you're actually a bit taken aback because Andon has been running a like desperate skin of our teeth society for a little while now. So like all of this is already done. So I think it's one of those weird things where you're like bust in ready to like try and help them with this only to find that it's actually already well in hand. And I would argue that for butthole, a lot of that is happening where you're kind of expecting that you'd have to help get everything in line. But weirdly, because of the way the group operates and the people you have between Leanne and Annan and honestly, at this point, Quinny and Moss slash Juniper, like everyone is actually kind of good at what they do. So I think it's one of those awful things where yet again, you're hit struck by just in a lot of ways, how irrelevant your leadership is right now, which kind of sucks when you're feeling lowly. Like you would love for everyone to be like, how are we going to manage this food? But instead they're all kind of like on it. Yeah. And um, their systems are better than the ones I would come up with. So, yeah, which is a relief, but also hmm. then he is just circling inside his own head because all he can do is go around and help anyone who gets injured, which is using the powers that remind him the goddess isn't here. So it's a lot of like cheerful helping and then leaving and then more time to think because that's where he's the most. And then it's like cycling into his parents. He's not sure about the ways to go forward with the food because now he knows how long they have it for and it's not that long. And the pressure for the next move, I would say, is building for him then. Well, uh, I would also say, though, you, you did mention talking to Quinny because Quinny knows you better than anyone as the scars, uh, the mirrored scars on both of your faces will suggest. Um, what happens when you finally go to talk to Quinny? In like a personal way, not in like a, I'm checking in on things way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he, he's out in like a, is there like a courtyard? There is, yep. Yeah. He's yep, grabbed, just out front now that you've kind of, yeah. it's cold. Uh, yeah, yeah. You are he's bundled up. Bounds, but, he's, yeah, yeah, he's wearing his gear. But uh, he's taken some of those other mannequins like where you put armor on them. He set them out like way down range in the courtyard. He's just blasting with Eldritch Blast. Uh, he's just firing. Wait, a warlock using Eldritch Blast? I know, In this I economy? Know. What? On the strength of the yen? Anyway. <laughs> well, you walk outside a, to see blasts blowing off of mannequins. Yeah, he, he <clears> steps <throat> out with you and he's like looking over and he's like, wow, you're doing a good job clearing that front gate so we can get closed, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and you, you shoot shooting mannequins? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The mannequins were all over that gate. So um, <laughs> I'm uh, taking care of that. So like, Quinny, weird question, but like you've known me a long time, and kings are supposed to have like, you know, wizards and stuff to talk to. But it it feels like I mean you're using magic. This has got to count. So let's imagine just a scenario where, say, you were praying to a goddess, and then she left the dimension and said, "You're the me now," and. Your parents became necromancers and took over the world. And now you have a fortress full of ice uh, and your religion doesn't make sense. And the world is scary and you don't know what to do or what to feel. How would you feel and what would you do? Purely theoretical. It's a hypothetical. Yeah. Yeah, please. Because I'm doing great. I'm doing so great. You ask anybody inside that castle, I'm doing great. I, 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 I believe you. I believe them. Um, oh, you probably shouldn't. I, I know what you're doing. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Trying I'm to play along, but I, we, I have a lot of time to, to think, if you don't want to, but you hit like the same three thoughts over and over again. It's not helpful. Uh, 
Oof. I mean, I can't tell you what to think. I'm certainly no replacement for Moonhammer. Uh, tell you the truth. I mean, you know, we both got our powers from some extra planar entity. I'm fucking relieved to be free of mine, but I, I understand that you are missing her. Uh, yeah, like what, what what would happen if you became Baba Yaga? She was like, I don't know, you're the witch now. And the people kept showing up and being like, can I put an eyeball in your coat for power? I don't, uh, I mean, she had, she, that's a fucking great time for her. She loves that shit. I, yeah, no, I wouldn't like that. I'd have to make some pretty fundamental changes. Have you thought about making changes to, you know, for whatever's you feel inside? But like, you know, what kind of, cha- I don't, what kind of changes can I make? I mean, what you're you're a king now of a yep. zombie apocalypse or necropolis or something awful. Uh, the, we, yeah, we got to take point, that shit back. I'm the king of like this place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we you know we gotta we gotta turn this around. This place is a mess. Not just here, but like the the country, the nation, the continent. I don't even know how far this shit goes. But they're all zombies out there over that wall. And we're in here and we're not. You know, you talked about sending messages and how that was a, a bad idea. And I agree with you, but it's kind of up to us to make some moves, you know? Make stuff happen, because who else is going to do it? Normally, I would say, but Quinny, who do I pray to? I, you can pray to Moonhammer. But she can't hear, so it doesn't help. That's like talking to a wall. Well, you know, isn't that where that faith stuff kicks in? I mean, what good is faith if it's just, like, a fact? That's not faith. Well, I mean, it's pretty demonstrably what faith is, if you ask me. I get powers because I'm right. Do you still have your powers? Yeah, but she said that it was me who made my own powers or something. It's very metaphysically confusing. (laughs) Do I just keep praying to her? It feels weird. Do I pray to me? That feels weird. Who's going to tell me what to do, Quiddy? Somebody always told me what to do. Oh, my God. Quinny, I've never been wrong in my life. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that, but uh, you have not always had someone telling you what to do. I mean, think about it. You had your dad for a while there. He was telling you what to do. Yep. And you broke free from that, right? Well, I mean, I ran away, but generously, yeah, we could say. Uh, I, I mean, free. yeah, whatever. Freedom. Freedom's freedom. Uh. Then I was in the military, and they told me what to do. And then I found Moonhammer, and then she told me what to do. And then Moonhammer, I thought, died, but it's because I wished her away. So then Murder well, told me what I, to I do. There's and, some mutual shit going on in there. Like, you you joined the military. The military didn't scoop you up somewhere. You chose Moonhammer just as much as she chose you. You know? God, I feel like a schmuck talking about this kind of stuff. Look, yeah, you're, you're doing fine. You know, you've made good choices in the past that were just butthole doing what he thought was right. You know, you I, you weren't consulting Moonhammer every waking moment. You weren't always constantly in prayer. You would have been insufferable. Like we, we, would, we would not have kept hanging out. Okay. So I should believe in myself? I, yeah, I have a little... I can't believe I'm t- about to tell you this, but I have a little self-confidence. Okay, and I should keep praying to Moonhammer even though she can't hear me and it's a kind of a lie. I mean, if it feels good, if it, if it, if it works for you, 
And haven't you ever done a thing where like you write a letter to someone but you never actually send it? But it feels feels good to get your, your thoughts out on paper or something like that. I mean, I, I did know. that one time, but then Reginald found it and then he gave it to my dad and then they beat me. Well, God, okay, yeah, Jesus Christ, that's grim. Um, yeah, I don't talk about my childhood because people get really bummed out for some reason. I would be shocked if this Reginald were to take a letter of yours and run it all the way over to a car to give it to your parents without A, perishing, <laughs> or B, just going back to his own dimension or something. Uh, it's... Just, I, it's I don't. I don't think the the elements are in place for that to really happen again. You're the fucking king of the castle, Quinny. Can you roll me a wisdom save? <laughs> Not great, Bob. Uh, that's three. <laughs> what? Uh, you can't help yourself. What letter did you write that you never sent? Uh, it was a. I think you might tell him because you failed that save. Okay, Otherwise, fine. you could just tell me. I think you just let this slip by accident. Okay, I'll let, I'll, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's not like how it works. You could even write it and then throw it in the fire. All right? Okay, but. You, like, you write you the letter, this? throw it in the fire, and then she never gets to read it. People do that? Yeah, people do that. Have you done that? No. I've just heard people do that. Uh, I see. That's that's like when they say you get really upset and then you splash water on your face and look in the mirror and then you're less upset. People don't do that. That's just in, that's in plays. Okay, someone that I, 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 I personally know someone who did that. It's not like a thing I've just heard of. I actually know someone who did that. What, and what was, did they write their letter about? Well, you know, he... He wrote the letter and he threw it in the fire and it was uh, a secret. And so it, it was his secret to keep. So he didn't tell me, but he said he, you know, he felt better. He felt closure about it before he kind of took off. Yeah, but your friends are liars. Maybe he just told you the story so you'd look stupid and write a letter. Well, you're my friend. Are you a liar? Sometimes I've had to do that. I'm a king now, so I have to lie all the time. Like you I wander the- around that stupid castle telling everybody I'm great. Uh, okay. Uh, well, this friend is also not a liar like you. So, okay. If you had to guess, fine. what did he write about, though? Maybe it oh wasn't. Oh my god! Book. Why does it matter what he wrote? Because I want to be along, and I want to be like a normal person. And instead, I'm the avatar of a god and a king, and it's just too much. I just want to be a person for a bit. Okay, just take kind of the crux of what I'm talking about here—that the exercise. Of writing the letter is the thing. Quinny, the content I don't... of the letter that I wrote does not matter. You wrote so much as what? What did you write? I uh, nothing. I, did... I didn't see. You think it's stupid? This is a trick. You're not helping me. This is just a trick. Oh my god, it's not a trick. I wrote a letter to a girl, and you know. Put some, you know, some feelings on parchment and then got it out of my system, threw it in the fire. I felt better. And that was that. What girl was it? It doesn't matter. She's, 
out of my life. I'm out of her life. It's that chapter is closed. See, that's what you say, but then there's a necromancy world, and now you're a chief privateer. You guys want to roll uh, an opposed check there? Uh, yeah, I'll th- take I- uh, <laughs> butthole charisma against Quinny. I feel like at this point it isn't wisdom because you've let it slip. Now it's intelligence. You're just trying to keep this shit under your hat. Is this a saving throw value, Tom? Or, or yeah, persuasion, I'm just going to say. Uh, well, I was just going to take straight saving throws, but yeah, I take persuasion against. Actually, I take persuasion against deception. There you go. You can both have something you're oh, good Jesus. at. Jesus. Okay. Oh, he's going to crush me. <laughs> His deception is like 22 in advance. Let's try though. 16 on the die. Where's my yeah, fuck. Oh, fuck? I have a my deception's plus thirteen. Jesus yeah, Christ! Game it's over. been a minute since I've looked at this sheet. I have an eleven. It doesn't matter. It's it's done. I rolled a four. There was never right. a shot here. Minus sixteen plus math. Uh, Ryan, I'd like to offer you a devil's bar. <laughs> I would like to hear what this offer is. Greetings, loyal citizen of the conglomerata. It is I, your beloved CEO, Grayson Typhus of Typhus Industries, and I am here today to dissuade you from joining a rebellious element that seems to be growing, the Dum Dums and Dice Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. These hilarious and heartwarming rebel elements are attempting to bring down our dystopian regime, and we simply cannot have that. I'm told that rebels are flocking to this Patreon and joining for as little as $1 a month. That gives them access to other rebels in a Patreon-only Discord where they can discuss all the things that have happened in the shows. For $5, you can get an ad-free feed, but who would want that? After all, ads are the best part of the show. And at higher levels, you can even create an NPC of your very own and get your name in the closing credits. And that part I can get behind. After all, recognition is great. But you're not a rebel, are you? No, you would much rather be crushed under the boot of industry titans like myself. So carry on with your Patreon-free life. Unless, of course, you want these wonderful stories to continue, in which case me and my regulators will see you soon. Given how much you're, you you want this from Quinny, um, I will let you succeed this if you take disadvantage on your next combat check and you give him advantage on his next combat check. So you can auto win. It'll just cost you both next time there's a fight. It'll cost, well, it'll cost me you as well. and we'll make. No, he's going to give you advantage. You'll actually oh, he's benefit take from that it. deal. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh... Yeah, no, he wants to know. Butthole would definitely. I thought you might. All right, well, congratulations, Tyler. Here. I'm giving you a gift. You got yeah. yourself some instant advantage, which I, I don't know. Me just write Maybe that you down. could use for something that you like doing, some kind of stabbing in the back, perhaps. Uh, but unfortunately, in the meantime, it means you stab <laughs> in the front in your heart. <laughs> Quinny, I just I need I need to know the details so that I know what's going on. Because here's the deal: if I don't know the details, I'm gonna a get hung up on this way more than you're gonna be comfortable with, and it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> and B. An important part of being a king is knowing your weaknesses. And one of my weaknesses is abstracting things correctly. If you give me an example, I'm probably going to get it wrong and create my own narrative. So I, if this is specific, then I won't fuck this up. And this feels like something important you're telling me. Her name was Mira. Mira. Her name was Mirabelle. We called her Mira. Okay. It's like, what happened? We, you know, we grew up together. 
And she was your sister? No. <laughs> okay. Am, am I am I am I telling the story or are you I'm you sorry, in was, with questions? It wasn't clear. I come from a weird place. Continue. I I, I will hold in my questions until the end. All right. Is anyone? I, I like look around and make sure no one else is out here. I like Bucky quickly further. ducks back into the castle, knowing he's walked in on something he shouldn't be in on. Do I catch fucking Mog out here or something, getting like <laughs> the real dirt on Quinny for Reginald? Because that would be a nightmare. Well, let's find out, Tyler. Uh, you want to roll me a perception check? Boom. I'll give you advantage because you're so fucking stressed about this. Like, I'm stressed for you, so I can only imagine. So it's a 19. Uh, hang on. I got to zoom in because my PDF is fucked. Uh, <laughs> is this the thing where every time you retype it, it gets smaller? It gets yeah, smaller yeah, and smaller. This has been fucking uh, for a while. Yeah. The plus ones are so big because they haven't changed for, like, my int. and my <laughs> His perception is impossible to read. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's ironic, irony, but yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, that is a 19 total. Uh, you don't see Mog Crankshaft. Okay. But based on my 18 plus stuff, he is there. Okay. There is a snowman that has been unmoving for hours. I'm going to Eldritch Blast Inside the fuck which out is of that a snowman. very cold <laughs> goblin. Reginald is the best spy master ever. <laughs> the whole time he's just sitting there like holding a carrot in his teeth that's like poking out through the face being like, nailed it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, so you can tell your story. I won't ask any questions like that. But I, when you're done your story, you have to say the end, or I'm going to have to ask, is that the end? Fine. Uh, we grew up together. What did I, uh, her name? I, I called her Mira. Um, and, you know, when we were young, um, you know, we got, we got to be kind of close. Uh, and... You know, uh, made some like like childish promises to each other about the future and stuff like that. And you know, um, I uh, I just wrote kind of how I really felt about her in this letter, uh, and I burned it uh, before I left. So so she doesn't know. Um. And it was something that I felt I had to do before. I didn't think I could leave, you know, without putting it out there in some way. And this was the the easiest way to do it. So it let me be honest with myself. Uh, and, and in being honest with myself, I was able to do what I knew I needed to do. The end. <laughs> Okay, so you knew you needed to run away to be a, go to prison? No, I. you don't volunteer to go to prison. You know how prisons work. You know that. I, I don't need to tell you that I was caught, right? Because that, that's embarrassing can, for me. If and you I plead like, guilty, that's like volunteering. But let's not dive into this. Oh so God. what kind of childish promises did you make? You know, that we would uh, grow you know, old together. We, we'd, we'd grow up together. And stuff. I like, I mean, we're kids. So, you know, it wasn't exactly a step by step plan there or anything like that. It was childish, kind of. So, you you swore like a love pact. Oh my God. No, we did not fucking 
cut each other's palms or some shit. No, 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 no. That's not not it. It's just kids talking. There are a lot of cults that have ruined the word pact for the good pacts. (laughs) And I will tell you, like, love is a good thing. Or like an oath. Or like you you were sworn to each other in a romantic way. It, Quinny, this has helped me more than you know. I had better fucking have. Jesus Christ. I blast the snowman just in frustration. <laughs> and Mog Crankshaft just rolls out on fire and rolls around in the snow and says, Ah, what a what a frosty day for Mog Crankshaft. And he looks up at you as though he's caught, like as though he's just noticed the two of you for the first time and just Looks at you with wide eyes. Oh, hey, Mark. Uh, wait, you're burned. You want to come over here? I'll heal you up, buddy, and then we'll get you inside. Yeah, come a little closer. <laughs> Actually, yeah. And he just picks up the, the carrot and uses it as a shitty cigar. And he just, like, walks over just so cold. Like, he's a blue goblin. He is just, yeah. like, trembling. He looks a little bit like Yevgenovich, you know, back before all the unpleasantness. And he comes over and just <laughs> kind of trembles with uh, the carrot. Kind of like looking at you, Quinny, like he's a little bit worried he's going to get murdered, but also knowing he needs uh, Butthole's help. Yeah, Butthole's just... <laughs> go, go ahead, buddy. You talk. I would just very much appreciate whatever you're offering. Absolutely. And he puts a hand on his shoulder and Butthole will fart. And it's a little fart, just a little effervescent light that goes up and enters Mog's nose. And it'll just be like a level one cure wounds. Just deal with the damage. Oh, the oh, that's smelly, but also very much appreciated. All right. Now um, get yourself inside. We're having a serious chat out here. Yeah, oh, you're I, not gonna, this is the king talking out here. You know, the oh, king confiding. Oh you're, having a serious, his, uh, oh, you're having a serious chat out here. Yeah, no, yeah. This is oh. serious stuff that you can't go talking to other people about. No, I understand. I was just practicing my snowman gig. You know, uh, Doc Huckleberry and I have been working on a new scam and involved many stuff. Yeah, I'm just gonna go. And he just like takes a bite out of the carrot and just like takes a few like casual steps and then just fucking runs. Yeah, hey, don't run with that carrot in your mouth. You might choke. (laughs) Don't worry. He stops, holds his hands up like you know it's the end of fucking point break. Take your time. If you die and it's just a carrot thing, I can revivify you. Go ahead. He actually like leans down, picks the carrot back up. It's a good carrot. Like, don't let that go to waste. There's so little food. It just (laughs) cracks it off like Bugs Bunny. Waggles his eyebrows at you and runs away. Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't trust that look he just gave us. <laughs> so, Quinny, you, you swore those those oaths and then you wrote down, and did you not really love her? Was that your Pact's secret? That, oaths, love. We were kids, man. But, like, was, but your secret that you had to write down, was it that you never loved her and you'd just been lying to her? So that was why you had to run away? Or was it well, that you did love her, but you had to go be a thief? Let me tell you the great fucking thing about writing your own thoughts down on a piece of paper and then getting rid of it is it's between you and the page, my man. Tom, I want to use an ability. I would like to use divine intervention to see if I can summon what was in his letter. It's long odds, but there is a chance. So I roll a D100, and if I roll 14 or less, then the gods provide me the answer of what was in his letter. You know what? Who am I to stand in the way of the gods? Go ahead, my dude. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tyler. <laughs> Not even close. No, it yeah. didn't work. It didn't work, but uh, it was a good try. It's a good try. Let me let me check my other abilities. Uno momento. Oh my god! It's gonna cast the guardians to just bully me or some shit. <laughs> Shove me around back and forth. Man, man, man. No, man, I, I think. Man. Hey, this is Quinny. Here's the thing. Okay, you didn't want to tell me the truth, and that's fine. But I already warned you about abstraction. So we both know that you loved Mira. 
with all your heart, but you needed to be a thief. So you went off and you've got to be wondering if that's a mistake because maybe she's out there with necromancers and in trouble and you're the only person who can save her. And that seems like an impossible task and a king can't help you with that. But you know what can help you? You don't have to tell me. You know. And I don't know if you've thought about this, Quinny, but you may be worried about confiding in Butthole the Man. And I that am. Is reasonable. This is how it goes, yeah. Because Butthole the Man is kind of a train wreck. But yeah. I don't know if you've thought about confiding in Butthammer the God. Because whatever <laughs> you tell whatever you tell Butthammer is between you and Butthammer. And that is Who's a sacred Butthammer? I am. These Meanwhile, are the words of a man who is a train wreck. No, these are the words of the avatar of Moonhammer, a newborn god named Butthammer. If you pray for me, if you pray to me for help, I have to help you. And I have to help you with something I can't even explain to other people why. Because it's like that thing where you tell priests stuff and they can't tell anybody. If you make this conversation a prayer, I can't tell anyone what you said here. All right, then. It's a prayer. Bing, bang, boom. I'm going to help you with Mira. Because well, that's, I, that's not what I prayed for. That's not what I prayed for. I prayed for your silence, butthole. Gods don't give you what you want. Gods give you what you need. And I love you, Queen. I know what I need. I've always known what I needed. That's what I'm I said. Good. I'm fine. And that's what I said, and it's not true. Sometimes somebody has to look after you. When he's like and trying I say to like walk away, just like get away from him. Uh, but good. Go. You. good. Meanwhile, uh, <laughs> Moss, uh, you're growing some plants. Uh, when you hear a, uh, a kind of an erratic knock on your door, it's like not quite a, like it, it should be a shave and a haircut two bits, but it's kind of like not quite in sync, which is really unsettling. Yeah. Um, uh, Moss draws her revolver and says, come on in. Um, and the door creaks open. And um, just in a wave of, of sloshed martini and robes, uh, Mosifus Dirt stumbles into the room. Just like, oh, hey, uh, whoa, uh, don't shoot. I'm unarmed aside from these arms, which mean you no harm. He just holds up his arms with martini in one. He's... Um, he is, as, as you've met him uh, previously, a little bit more gaunt uh, and a little, like, clearly a bit worse for wear. Um, he still, he is wearing uh, a similar robe to the one that uh, Butthole now has up in his room, but it's far too large on him and much more threadbare. It's clearly like the, the discarded robe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's wearing, like, silken underclothes that he clearly found that fit the necromancer that actually fit him beautifully they're a little bit stained they might have been what he was wearing as a corpse it it doesn't matter (laughs) don't worry about um but he's uh he's just kind of standing there uh, awkwardly sloshing back and forth trying to remain perfectly still but failing okay um uh you can put your hands down oh good i really can't do this for long i have terrible upper body strength (laughs) all right so takes a sip of his martini What's going on? Yeah, so um, I don't really know if this is the right way to uh, broach this, but uh, from what I understand, you're missing some people, right? There's some people you lost through time. I, uh, I'm sorry, I should be clear about this. Uh, uh, this is for... Um, and he just kind of like 
doesn't really know quite how to say this. He's like, uh, for, 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 uh, moss, uh, perhaps, but like different moss from the other place. Huh? Um, Old West Moss, the one that's talking to you right now? Yeah, sure, yeah, 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 that one. Hey, hi. You lost some friends, didn't you? I lost a whole bunch of people. Oh, yeah. Lost nearly a whole town. Yeah, no, I know, that sucks. I'm sorry. Look, I've, I've been, um, there's not much I can do here, but I've been working on that for you. Say what? Well, me and the Great Cornholio, we've been making some inquiries, uh, in and around... Things are kind of fucked up through space-time right now, but um, they're also stable. More stable than they've been. Well, yeah, I assume that's because we started restoring some of the gods. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that helped a lot. Uh, it's all still going to collapse, but not as fast, which is very good. Also, without... I guess I don't have to whisper it anymore, but the one of many faces... Uh, the Great Cornholio has a lot more uh, real estate to play with. Look, we've started to find your friends. They're okay. Wait. They're just all in different places. What What do you mean you started to find them? Where? Where Where were you going? Where? Well, uh, no, no, no. And he like, just kind of like holds up his arms with his big stupid robe. And he's like, I'm just stuck here with you, of course. But the great Cornholio, uh, now that he doesn't have to worry about the one of many faces hunting him through space time, is doing a, a, well, a bang up job of, of, of investigating. So I thought you just might want to know that your, your friends are alive and okay. They just, well, you'll need to... F- to save them eventually, but they're okay for now. Wait, what do you mean save them eventually? They need saving? Well, uh, Moss, uh, the Great Collide's still coming. It's just slowed well, a little Yeah, but bit. Where, where are they? And he looks legitimately sad in a really earnest, like, for someone who is is always kind of jovial and a little bit silly. It's really, it's like when Robin Williams got sad and you're just like, oh no. Like it just cuts like a knife and he just kind of looks at you and he's like, they're, they're everywhere, dude. They're everywhere. They, they, when you fell out of time, they fell into all sorts of different places. Lots of other worlds have collided now. They're, they're, there's all sorts of chaos going on. You know? But they're okay where they are for now, but if you don't so get they, them eventually, it'll all, you know. Uh, and he just like drops his martini glass and watches it shatter very meaningfully. And he says, that. All right. So you found them scattered. Not all of them, but a few. Yeah. All right. So uh, I guess this great Cornholio knows how to go get them. Oh, no. No, I wish he did. Um, I, I don't feel too ashamed telling you this. The great Cornholio's powers are very limited, but he's he's found a few of them at least. I just thought you'd want to know that they're they're out there and they're okay. But he can't get them. He's not that kind of god. He's a can great he, mixologist. I mean, can he tell me exactly where they are? No, but he can make a mean sarsaparilla. He so says he can say like- that they're somewhere and they're okay, but not where they are. Yeah. For now, he's working on it. Oh, okay. So it's not, this isn't like the end of the information train coming from the Great Cornholio. Hey, I thought you'd just be happy to know there was a train. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. He's working really hard. I, I, be, I believe. I he's believe a he really is. minor, minor, minor patron. He's, he's not even the god of mixology. He's right. like the lesser demon of mixology. All right, so. He's doing I, his best. So I can just wait then. 
and you'll come back to me with any new information you get. Yeah, that's what I'm here doing right now. Yeah, that's fantastic. Let's. Oh, all right. Let's show. I mean, do we schedule a regular meeting or or? Well, sure, we can do bi-weekly if you want. I just don't know how much you'll do between now and then. Well, all right. He's doing well, his best. He just, again, he kind of sucks. I kind of right. suck. We're, there's a reason we're partners. No, you're fantastic. You're doing great. This is information I didn't know before. That's wonderful. All right. Well, I just thought you'd like to know that your friends aren't dead. Uh, it's, it's honestly the best news I've heard in a long time. That's good. Most of my friends are dead. I know how that feels, so cool. I'll um we'll send Bucky by to clean up the glass. I'm sorry about that. I just didn't think of a better visual metaphor. I I, I do understand. Okay. Um also Juniper? Yeah. Don't go looking for your body, okay? I'm s- and then he leaves. Wait, what? What the fuck? Wait. Wait, what? What? <laughs> uh, when you, Does he, is she like running away? Like, yeah, when you roll out when you roll out into the into the hall, he's gone. Uh he stepped outside and is just gone. There's a, a faint scent of um of uh like the brimstone in the air, just a, a burning scent, lingering. I wasn't worried about my body until now. Okay, and I just return, return to my paper and the moon mandments that I am studying mm-hmm. furiously. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Um, <laughs> Quinny or Butthole, um, would you go talk to anyone else in the castle before you set out on your grand adventure? Or would Reginald talk to anyone else? He, Mog has returned. Cold. Uh, yeah, Reginald would talk to him. Definitely. Alright, Mog, so we sent you on your top secret mission to spy on Quinny. So what have you got for me? Well, uh, listen, sir, I, I should tell you, um, my uh, my p- great plan to hide in a snowman was pretty good, but uh, your small friend is very uh, fiery with the blasts, you know? Uh, that is true. He's uh, he's an unhappy fellow. Mm-hmm. Hey, boss, look, you seem to know a lot about this guy. How do you know so much about him? Well, we traded bodies for a bit. Uh, oh, shit. Fun. He's got a hell of a hog, let me tell you. Uh, other than that, uh, it can turn invisible, quite capable. Uh, oh. We also went on a number of missions in freed hell uh, mm. from mm. A, a tyrant. You know, so. The hog thing makes sense. Listen, I, I did learn something. Meanwhile, like Doc Huckleberry is just like head in hands in the corner. Just like he was oiling guns as he liked to do, and he's just silently frustrated with this whole thing. And Mog says... Uh, yeah, listen, so um, he was talking to other you. You know other you? Ah, uh, yes, Butthole, my quote-unquote brother. He's surprisingly not murderous. Stephen, you better be getting this down. Uh, and look over, and Stephen has already been sit- ready with parchment and quill, but has not written down any of these words because fucking nothing has been said. But he pretends to move his hand until something actually useful needs to be recorded. And Mog, like, nods at him, knowingly being like, good, Stephen. Good. Uh... Mr. Reginald, um, it would seem that your small friend 
once loved a woman. Didn't really deal with it well, which again ties into the hog thing, I suspect. Didn't deal with it well. He he wrote her a letter, but he never sent it. Do you Um, have a copy of this letter? I don't, but other you learned the details. Hmm. He's very wily, other you, isn't he? And he has his moments, from what I've heard. I don't know him terribly well, but from what I've heard, he's kind of a great king and a buffoon sometimes. But uh, okay, so well, what's, you should what's know that your great king is also worried about being a bad god. It would seem that the uh, weight put upon him by uh, his moon hammer, uh, as he calls her, weighs heavily upon him. He doesn't quite know how to be the moon hammer that. Uh, he thinks he ought to be. So he thinks he's a god now, but he's not sure that he's being a good god. Well, he thinks that uh, she told him he had to be. I don't even think he wants it. But yes, so they are, they've been, uh, this was apparently a confessional, so I perhaps should not say what I have said, but of course, your humble spy must report to his spy master. That's, that's why After I love all, you, Mug. I am part of Reginald's Twelve. Ooh, I like that a lot. We're going to have to find like another <laughs> Yeah, nine, I know. But... Most of my crew is dead, but we've got Doc Huckleberry, so we've got at least three. Yeah, and he grumbles real good. So we got a four times that. And we'll Did you good. get a name for this random woman that Quinny's apparently in love with? Her name is Mirabelle. Interesting. Do we have like a location or something so we could, if we needed to... Uh, kidnap her, I guess. I don't really know what we. Steve was like, we don't, we don't kidnap people. He's like, well, we might kidnap people. I just for her own safety, maybe even protective like, custody. Uh, sir, um, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll make a note. Uh, and Doc Huckleberry just kind of like nods stoically, and um, Mark Prankshaft says like, well, yeah, she's apparently uh, from his from his hometown. He uh, he left to I guess go to jail. Uh, that seems to be the reason he left. That's all I got from that conversation is that he left to go to jail. So <laughs> he volunteered for jail time. Yeah, that's what I got. He volunteered for jail time. <laughs> all right. So, Mog, here's your new mission. Go around, talk to everyone you need to, but we need to find out where Quinny's hometown is so that we can figure out the details on this Mirabelle. Well, sir, if I'm not mistaken, other you might have some ideas about that. I seem to recall when uh, Miss Andon was talking about getting supplies. He had an idea to that effect. All right, I'm going to go have to talk to other me. Step one, convince him he's a great god. Step two, maybe convince him something I need to know where Quinny's town is. Uh, Step three, add him to the twelve. Exactly. Step four, I'll figure that out as I go. Step five, profit? I'm not against that. I'm not against that at all. Let's do this. (laughs) With that, Reginald, you storm up the stairs uh, to go talk to Butthole. Um, Juniper and Moss, um, obviously you've received some concerning but also somewhat comforting news, uh, weirdly. Uh, Is there anything else you would want to do at the Fortress of Forlorn Hope before you all continue on your way? Um. Nah, these mood manments were like that. They are something else. Um, they are Ryan, taking up a lot of her time. Okay, there are ten mood manments with an additional ten for clerics. 
Okay, so we're only going from the base 10 that I assume would be yeah. in thing. Laura, roll me a D10. Okay. Tell me what the most interesting moon manment uh, <laughs> from the D10. Moss and Juniper was. So you roll a D10, Ryan will tell us what it is, and then you'll have to tell me why. Four. Moonhammer makes you strong so you can protect the less strong. Interesting. Uh, Moss and Juniper, this actually, I think, strikes a chord for both of you, uh, regardless of the Moonhammer element of it. Um, what, uh, what speaks to the two of you about that? Well, I mean, so I think OG Juniper, um, to her, this is like, yeah, of course. I mean, as a paladin, like this is, this very much speaks to her. It's like, she wants, she wants the light to the, you know, shine throughout the fricking world. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously she, yeah. Protect people who can't really protect themselves. Um, old West Moss, a little bit more practical in this kind of, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that no two folks are the same amount of strong. So, is it just like situation? She's, she's wondering if it's situational, how literal this has to be. If mm -hmm. literally just like the, if there's two people, one is slightly less. If there's 10 people who gets protected because one is obviously the strongest and there's a whole bunch of people of varying degrees of less strong. Mm -hmm. It's all, it, there just seems to be room for interpretation and this, she's going to have some questions. Okay. Um, so I think those are just thoughts you're wrestling with. I don't think those yeah. are questions you necessarily have for Butthole right now. They're just things that are kind of like in, in your mind, mm -hmm. you know, kicking around. Um, and these are, these are enough things, I think, for you to consider. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think we necessarily need to like run through a bunch of other shit you do. I think uh, Juniper and Moss are likely really contending with that and uh, yeah. how that feels and what that means. And um, also just like she doesn't really feel Moonhammer in her. No. <laughs> so the whole Moonhammer making like anyone strong, like who's following the Moon Mammoths is like, yeah. Well, based on everything you've seen then, what do you how do you perceive the idea of of moonhammer you you've seen the obviously the bits kicking around uh you, you've encountered the relics in your own time how do you view moonhammer do you think uh probably this is more an old moss question than a, a juniper one because juniper's literally like encountered moonhammer enough that it would probably make more sense but yeah um, I, I think old, old West Moss has to kind of reconcile this with like, oh, okay. These are, <laughs> I think Moonhammer is more like metaphorical to her mm -hmm. and it's gotta be that way. The only way she can make sense of it is yeah. for it to be like, oh, She's taken the oath of the ancients. This is just like any of the ancient gods that would, it just kind of has to be that kind of belief in them. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, okay, so I think um, you kind of wrestle with that a bit, and it's it's that awful, strange place of like having seen miracles happen, but not subscribing to why they happen necessarily, but also yeah. or or living that weird space of like it doesn't matter how you have these powers, you have these powers. I just don't think they work the way you think they work, which yeah. I think it sounds kind of like if you're if you're basing this on notes, which I think does make a lot of sense. It's like, all right, here, here's where I live. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you're trying to figure out what justice looks like in this world mm-hmm. now. Um, also being disconnected from the Great Collide, from the, the quest that Juniper, you've been on for so long, knowing that it's still happening, that's still important, but also that it's far enough away that you can't really immediately affect it is, I think, an odd place yeah. to be. And it makes sense to be that you're just like zeroed in on on that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's one nice thing you do for yourself uh, before you set out on your journey? Um, uh, I, hmm. I think she eats, do we've got, have we got beans? Uh, you do. It's one of the few things that are left. There's not much. Yeah. She's just going to mash up some beans and try to have a good fart and really try yep. to like embrace Jesus. that part. Like an old West, look, a proper old West meal. Yeah. Look, the second moon man is farting is appropriate at any time in any, any situation. And I feel like that's maybe one thing she can connect with. Mm-hmm. So she's going to see if she feels anything divine. Uh, you don't. In the pit. it's just okay. it's just nice. But I would argue for Juniper and the way Juniper thinks about the world, that's also kind of divine in a large. It's supernatural. Way. Um, at which point you hear, as in the- very natural, not supernatural. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of course. Uh, and then you hear a knock on the door, and uh, it's tremendously awkward because you've literally just uh, engaged in this and been like, "Yeah, this," um, but you wheel over and uh, you open it uh, to find um, Annan. Uh, and Mickey Mouse uh, <laughs> just standing in the door frame, and uh, Mickey in his like weird, kind of not quite working robot body, is holding just a big old bag of shit, uh, and you can hear it clanking around. And Annan clearly takes a whiff of what's happening, and you just get that that one second like, okay, but she's Annan, she's used to this now, yeah, in, in a pretty serious way. And she <laughs> old says, West Moss kind of gives her a look like daring her to bring it up. And she doesn't. She just Good. looks at you fairly level. And honestly, in a way, I think old West Moss, you would appreciate. She, yeah, she it's gives a little her bit, a bit of that, of like, I'm yeah. like, and uh, she just says, uh, so, um, Yevi and I have been talking a little bit about your, uh, your new situation, Juniper and, uh, Moss. And, uh, look, I talked to Leanne. And we talked to, Mickey the Rat, or Mickey Mouse, as he is now insisting on being called. And then she smiles, and she's like, I think we got something kind of fun for you. Tell me, how do you feel about spiders? And then Mickey Mouse dumps the bag, and they've built you uh, an upgrade to your combat wheelchair of spider legs. Uh, oh. So the um, you can that, only that, come, that comes out of like of junipers. Well, yep. just oh, she's overwhelmed. 
So um, you can use these legs uh, to cr- climb walls. Um, they are, uh, think of them basically as like a, a classic, like one a day, you can pop them as like a one a leg spider climb kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. So you can use them. Uh, they can climb. Um, they're powerfully, they can grip powerfully. So uh, they can climb without making any checks. Cool. More importantly. Um, but yes, they can only be used uh, the once and then uh, they have to retract. Um, the most you can use them for is an hour. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. But uh, I think you and I should probably dial that back to just like they run for like a single. Climb action. <laughs> so like a, a combat or a sequence or like yep. a scene if we're using other uh yeah. TTRPG terms. Um but you can use them for a scene. Okay. Um, at which point uh, they're exhausted and need to be basically like they'll retract and then you kind of have to we can imagine almost winding them. Yep. I think to be your overnight action. Okay. Um but uh, with your permission uh they would like to install these if if you feel like they're of use. Uh and Juniper said, this, I mean, yeah, I wasn't expect, this is so nice. And um, she, like, she's like, she's touched. Like, she's a little bit kind of speechless. Well, and, and she had and no idea smiles. this was going on. And she just says, uh, we all just think your chair is badass as fuck. And we just kind of wanted to see what weird shit we could add. So Ooh, with your permission, we'd fuck. like to add this stuff. But of course, it's up to you because it's 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 a part of you. So if you'd like us to add this, we're happy to do it. I would if like you... it to be better, asser as fuck. I, I don't understand. Well, but you right. know what I mean. Let's strap them on then. And um, with a nod, um, kind of like the the mice in fucking Cinderella, they just go to work attaching like these murderous giant spider legs to your chair. And right. sure, their word with all the weird shit the necromancer had kicking around, they fold right up and under it. So it's a little bulkier on, on the underside, but um, yeah, it uh, honestly, it fits like it always should have been there. And that's uh, nice. And I think old West Moss like feels like pretty good about this. Having fought a giant mechanical spider is just like, yeah. I imagine there, there's, there's like, it's like, who's fucking cool now? Kind of feeling. <laughs> I imagine there's also a little bit of like, daw, you guys reinvented yeah. the wheel. Good for you. I'm glad your time finally caught up. Um, so yes, uh, with your permission, uh, they go to work and uh, they add that upgrade. Lovely. So you now have that. Um, meanwhile, uh, Quinny, you've managed to escape butthole, having revealed more than you intended to. Is there any other preparations you would like to make uh, before you set off? Um. Yeah, if I know that I'm leaving, there's a couple things that I want to make sure I can bring with me. Mm-hmm. Since we're going on, you know, a mission, uh, I think top of mind actually is now that Butthole has determined to involve himself in my life uh, in a way that I do not want, I am on my way to Reginald to uh, collect my ring of invisibility, (laughs) just disappear myself if I need to. Uh, to go on a, a mission. I would also, over these days, be keeping an eye on... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Oh my gosh, I was about to say Gwendolyn. Uh, keeping an eye on Juniper, Moss Juniper, uh, to see if she uh, passes my <laughs> Eye of True Sight, <laughs> which was in her stomach uh, 
last time we, yep. we left that. Did she p- pass with the beans? Yeah, she did. Yes. Okay. So I would be looking to collect that and disinfect Bucky it as well. Bucky cleans I... it spectacularly. Perfect. He is on so, it. He right. was ready. So It's the best it's, day of his life. It's no <laughs> longer the brown eye of poop. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So I'll swing by Bucky's room. He knew in advance that I was coming to get this. He's got it ready for me. Uh, and, you know, he's trying to be cute. And he holds the eye. I was like, always a pleasure to see you, Mr. Quinny. And he's like, ah, it's not funny. He takes it. And it's, <laughs> this, this is not a joke. We do not joke around with these things. These are important. <laughs> slams it into his skull and flips the eye patch down. He's like, okay. And uh, he closes the door and goes away. Uh, and uh, and then Quinny's on his way to Reginald to collect the Ring of Invisibility as well. All right. Uh, so you arrive at Reginald's room. You are greeted by Mog Crankshaft. Oh, I give like, him a look. I give him the, the stink eye with my good eye, not my actual stinky eye. And he just kind of nods, smiles, and gets the fuck out of the way. Yep. Uh, you're then blocked by Stephen, who's like, uh, h- uh, hello, sir. Uh, do you have an appointment with Mr. Farch? No. Uh, uh, and he just turns back. And says, I'm so sorry. You both look so similar. Mr. Tingler. He's right there. I just, I, I need to talk to him. Reginald, I'm like trying to like look over this guy's shoulder, like from around him. And he just fully Emily's. Reginald. He's just like there with his notebook and he looks over his shoulder at you, Reginald. All right. We'll make an exception to the usual policy. He's a friend and admittedly the chief privateer. Quinny, come on in. How can I help you? Welcome to the basement. What's Maud doing hanging out with you? Oh, he just likes it down here. He's really he's determined he can find gold somewhere inside that that fucking treasure thing. All right, oh, roll me a deception check, Reginald. <laughs> uh, and Tyler, you can give me an opposed check. Honestly, I'm gonna say also deception. Oh, okay. You, you I'm not being a, deceitful. No, but you know what a lie sounds like. Oh, okay. So this is just you determining whether or not you pick up on Reginald's clear bullshit. So that's a. Uh, 18. Sorry. This is so stupid. Deception, that's a 33. He, you pick up on his bullshit after you zoom in on your PDF <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I, I, I wish that was bigger. <laughs> um, the story of my life. All right, so you roll Jesus 33. Uh, and so I know that he is lying about You know about that Mog? he's lying about Mog trying to get more gold out of the vault that clearly has no gold in it. Okay. Mm. Uh, so I'll say, right. Okay. So I came by to get my ring of invisibility. I'm going out on a mission and, uh, I'm going to be needing that. Uh, I'm going out with butthole. So, you know, he's Where are you like, going? I should know. I'm the spy master. I can send spies in advance. I don't think that'll be necessary, especially if I have my... Ring Listen, of invisibility. I, I got a lot of respect for you, but all I'm saying is it's not your job to know when I spy, just like it's not my job to know when you steal. It's my deception check roll over for knowing that he does not respect me. <laughs> I don't know that he was lying on that. <laughs> that was mostly a joke. I know, I but Ryan, were you lying? Judgment. No, 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 it's too no. late. We're down the road. He legitimately rebel. is like, no, it's his job to know where you're going, yeah. and he doesn't need to know where you're stealing. You guys freaky Friday. That's he, true. He yeah, does yeah. legitimately respect I you. I shouldn't poo-poo that that arc, that development. Um, <laughs> that very well-planned arc. Yeah. Very handsome man, though. <laughs> um, 
Seriously, I'm trying to be good at this job. It's been given upon me by a guy who should want to murder me, but for some reason thinks I'm his friend and made me important. So I'm just trying to do good, man. Where are you going and what do I need to do to help? We are going to some farms to collect supplies, food and stuff like that. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, and I don't know why you need to be invisible, but maybe it'll help with negotiations. Maybe you could steal some stuff, then we get half or whatever. So yeah, here's your ring. Okay, yeah. Honestly, I'm thinking it's probably the way it worked out real good for you. I'm thinking it'll work out for the guy who is looks like you and is in plate armor, you know, similar situation. That's He's not really here to reasonable. collect it. He didn't think of that. I did, so I'm I'm grabbing it. Good, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep him alive, because otherwise I think by default I end up in charge, and that's not what I want. Thank you. Um, Interesting. Uh, Pretty sure as the former king of a car, I would just be in charge by default. I mean, it's I understand of, why you think that, but you do realize I'm a tingler, right? So by default, I'm the king of a car, and they're the necromancers ruling the planet. So bad. Right, but you're like a throat. tingler from like a different whole dimension. I don't know if... Well, I'm just saying, if the verbiage is going to hold up. If there was a screaming crowd of a couple thousand people, maybe you could explain that idea to them. But when I'm like, I'm Reginald, fuck everybody else, bam, run in the horde. They're the horde. Oh, shit. Well, Well, I'd be new horde, obviously. It's all friggin' necromancers out there. I mean, here's the thing. I bet parents are chumps when they think you're their dead kid. So I bet I could win over this evil lady by being like, I'm Reginald and I'm back or whatever. I'm I'm leaving. I don't even want to have this conversation. This is morbid as shit. I thought I, okay. (laughs) God. And get some better help than Mog for your little spy master. I don't know. I think he's doing a better job than most people think. And then I wink at him. (laughs) Well, I'm still here. Like what, did he tell you what I express explicitly told him not to say to anyone? Well, here's the thing. You're a better liar than me, so I'm going to say nothing. Well, that uh, I, I am no longer talking to Reginald. I have was zeroed in it, uh, directly on Mog, and I say, well, that inadvertently answers my question, doesn't it, Mog? I, I don't know, sir. I'm just a snowman. I Mog, I'm, Steve, I'm right down there. We're giving Mog contact. a raise. <laughs> I maintain eye contact as I slip the ring of invisibility onto my finger and disappear. <laughs> and I'll turn to Reginald and just say, no. Nah. It's like looking in a mirror, isn't it? And then I slapped the shit out of him. Mog just flies across the room. <laughs> he was not ready for it. He is not prepared. He cannot hold it up. He just collapses through a, a shelf. And Stephen just kind of steps away awkwardly and kind of looks to you, Reginald. Well, that was weird. Technically, I didn't see who did it, so I don't think we can get him for assault because they'll say who hit it, and I have to say I don't know because an invisible man may have just left but could still be. Okay, here's our job, boys. We have to find out how many invisibility rings are inside this castle because if it's just the one, Quinny is probably going to get a hefty fine. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, Mog and Steve go off to look for invisible people. Um, (laughs) And from the corner, like Scruffy from Futurama, Dog Holiday just looks up, shakes his head, and goes back to cleaning his gun. Um, Butthole, is there anything you'd want to do before you set out? Having had his conversation with Quinny, Butthole is always looking for the thing that helps him find purpose, and he Mm. tends to be easily drawn into other people's mythologies. It's one of his flaws. Uh, And nothing can shake his optimistic attitude. So he has been convinced that he is actually meant to be the butt hammer. So he races up to his room and he goes to the shrine and and, and he uh, 
he, he's so excited. He takes all of the moon manments that he's got printed already and he throws them all in the fireplace. They all burn. And he's just frantically changing out the things on his little printing press. And he starts printing off new ones because they're butt hammers moon manments now. And he puts himself down as the god alongside moon hammer. Like moon hammer's in another dimension. He's the god here. Uh, and and he, he he signs this like butt hammer, a god in this dimension, and butthole farch, rightful king of a cob. They're separate. And he adds an eleventh moon mandment, which is if you pray to the butt hammer, he will keep it secret and do his best to help you. If you pray to moon hammer, your prayer is completely secret, but you probably won't get help. <laughs> That's the eleventh one. Uh, and then it's just Scrooge on Christmas Day. He's running through the castle, giving everyone this thing, being like, "I figured it out. I'm a god. It's the best. I'm going to be able to help you if you tell me things. I keep it secret. I need a chapel." Uh, and he's just going to go and tell everyone that they need to put together a chapel so he can do services. So, uh, Ryan, I suppose then this answers my next question about upgrades to the castle. Um, Given that you've declared yourself king, rather than conferring with the rest of the party about what would be the most useful, is a chapel the upgrade you request? Uh, yes. And how I would like to do this, Tom, is I would like to combine, like, turn the throne room into still a throne room, but also a chapel. So he can be king or god, depending on who's meeting and for what reason. Wow. Okay. So the main meeting wow. hall where you fought Sandra becomes the chapel hall. Um, yeah. of, of, yeah, great. Um, wow, we've got a god king now. That's fantastic. Yeah. No, it's yeah. separate. Don't don't worry about it, Juniper, he's saying as he gives you the paper. He's like, that's the thing. The butt hammer is one thing and butthole is another thing. I can, I can fuck up a lot as butthole and that's okay because I'll pray to moon hammer about it. But as the butt hammer, I got to do the right thing. So people have to be clear who they're talking to me about or I got to assume butthole because I'm not letting anybody... Accidentally make me a god. Quinny's <sighs> standing kind of just out of like the conversation and like thinking to himself. And he snaps his fingers. God ah. simple. God simple. That's what Wait. that's what you call it when an idiot has a god complex. Got it. Did he say that last part out loud? Yeah. Quinny, wait, I heard you being mean, but I don't know where you are. Oh, I, I take the ring off. Ah, oh, God. Oh, this. Hey. Okay, so, yeah, no, it was his idea. That's why we know this is good. I, I, I'm not having this conversation. He says he's Here not, is... but I want to be clear. He prayed to me. He prayed to me outside, and that's how I knew I was a god. Quinny prayed to me, according to the 11th moon manment. I cannot tell you anything about that prayer, but he did pray. I know I'm a god. Because he's an atheist. He's never prayed to anything before today. I is this put true? the ring of invisibility back on my finger. Not to like disappear, but it's like <laughs> I was about to give it to him. I was like, I don't like you enough to give it to you right now. There <laughs> is a resounding smack of, of wood on stone. Uh, and all of you turn to see Annan standing, looking with like baby strapped to her chest, staring meaningfully at the clipboard she's just dropped very loudly. And she just says, hi, hi, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt whatever the fuck this was. You understand that all the people here are going to starve, right? Yeah, I was coming to talk to you about that, but I needed these two. You know, Juniper and uh, where did he go? I can't. It doesn't I, matter. But I'm whole, over it, here. It's not even on. Shut now up, Quinny. It doesn't matter. Look, I get that Quinny's on his petty bullshit. I get you're dealing with your dead god or whatever. And Moss and Juniper, honestly, you guys seem fine. So thank you for your continued good service. Look, we are going to starve. Okay. I had to start a whole stupid society in my name, which was 
I, I hate to say this, but something I took out of the book of the Forsaken, not really fucking bummed me out. And look, they're here now and they trust you. They trust you three, four, uh, Moss, Juniper, I don't, eh, and Goblin Jr. It's like three and a half, whatever. Look, they are trusting you to help them. So I don't really care what your existential crisis is about whether you're God or not. Quinny, and she just like gestures broadly to a wide, empty space. She's like, wherever the yeah, fuck yeah, you like, are. I'm not, in, I'm right here. I'm not invisible. I'm sorry, you're very short. I am too, but you're somehow <laughs> shorter because you're so fucking small about these things. Look, all of you need. Oh my. To d- hey, Juniper, I really appreciate you. Shut up. We need food. Ooh. We are all going to die. Do you understand that? Do you guys understand that we we're, are all going to die unless you help we're, us? We're going. We're going. We got to get talk food, to, aren't we? We've got the dragons that'll help us go to a place, right? Or we got to do the Raven Gate. Just Look, tell us I where to go. I talked to the fantastical Frondu. Great. Neither he nor Sandra. He doesn't have any wings. Sandra isn't mature enough to fly yet. Mm, as okay. soon as she can, she and her siblings will fly you wherever you want to go. The Raven Gate, I understand, is getting close to being done, but isn't quite operational just yet. Honestly, I'm kind of hoping Alan sorts that. We're working on it. You guys have a long on-foot journey ahead of you. That's why I am so scared. And I'm sorry I'm being short with you all. I'm just very, very scared that we are maybe going... We're finally safe, but we might die where it's safe. And that sucks a lot, you know? Yeah, that's not great. Okay, so we'll go on our foot journey. We won't tell anybody else that this place is here yet because you can't really take refugees if you're already running no, out of food. So this is not. a secret. Only we'll know. We go get food, bring food back. Yes. Everyone eats. That would be ideal. Yes. And you, you know a place, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, Where are we okay. going? Admittedly, I, I did order that we build a chapel throne room, which I'm sure is totally reasonable because I'm a god and we're starting a religion, but <sighs> I, can't, uh, Ju- I can't. Juniper puts up her hand. It's like, okay, um, so the first moon manment, be a good person and do good things. You know what good is. Don't be a dick. Yep, that's I kind of feel like asking people who are somewhat starving to build a chapel might be a bit dickish, dare I say? And she just points at Juniper with a thumbs up. I hate to say. It really kind of looks at Quiddy for confirmation. Like, this is true, right? He's not being a dick, like, in this one singular moment. He's a dick. (laughs) I mean, all right. She looks back to Juniper, (laughs) giving like, all right, all right, one or two. trying to do a nice thing here and then you get interrupted because everybody wants to be rude because they're not struggling with their own apotheosis which is fine Annan, i'm asking you because you were rude so i don't care and you called me a dick so fuck you uh, Annan, what do we need that would actually help the people here while we go off on our thing the most that is buildable and she just takes a deep breath a deep long suffering breath and says look um, butthole, ever since you all came into my hotel, you've all kind of been like a tremendous pain in my ass, but also the best thing that ever happened to me. So I'm kind of balancing those two factors, you know? And I feel like upgrading our armory, potion lab, so we could better equip you for your journeys. Might be better, but also, truth be told, you guys 
are our only hope. We were going to die in that trading post. I had run the math and it was bad. I had them all saying we are Anon so I could stave off the madness for like an extra week. And you, you guys saved us and you always do somehow. So, Butthole, if what you need is a chapel, we'll build it. Because quite frankly, you three are our last hope. And if this is what brings hope back to this fortress of forlorn hope, then that's what we need to build. And honestly, without food, there's not a whole hell of a lot else we can do. So what do you want? I, and she just like takes, takes like a, a Tyler as Quinny level of like, can't believe I'm saying this moment and says, I, 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 tr I, I trust you, butthole farch. Oh man, a butthole has a moment because the butt hammer would say chapel, but this isn't a question for the butt hammer. This is a question for the butthole. Truly. And when you're, when you've got a question for the butthole, you have to reach deep down inside and clench to just make sure that you're pinching off the right idea. Gotta, gotta use that ring of muscle called your conscience. Yeah. yeah. It's been six seasons. How am I still got by shit like this? Yeah. Because Tyler rarely helps. That's why. It's true. It's true. No, we all join in on this. Yeah, this is it's the like, all... Tyler, don't go to the. I don't. Mm. Yeah, it's too late. It was, it was going to be bad. has a think. There's no one coming to attack. And this place doesn't, no one knows the castle is here. And we will all die before we will ever give this up. And he has no doubt about Juniper or Quinny or that. We're not selling this fucking place out. Even Quinny? It doesn't mean he's right, but that's what he assumes. Uh, so the armory isn't needed. But he's not going to be here to heal anyone. And it's freezing cold. And there are accidents and there are injuries. And they're in a building they're repairing. He would choose the potion shop because it would help the people who are here and the help of them on their journey is peripheral, but he would say that would be his first move. All right, so the lab slash surgery is being rebuilt uh, yeah. to create the potions, incidentally, as well as a proper surgery. So medicinal aid is, is restored. Um, on future adventures, you'll be able to take uh, randomized potions with you Ooh. Uh, on your quests. Each upgrade you make to the fortress will grant you a boon of some what? sort. So, uh, cool. yeah, yeah, next time you come back, you'll right have on. some sick-ass potions to pick from. And uh, I'm going to turn around and look to Quinny and just say, Quinny, I'm sorry. I, I know you wanted the chapel because that's <laughs> how you could you could experience your religion the most purely. But I think the people need the potions. Yeah, no, this really awakened uh, something in me. And we should uh, we should definitely put the chapel last. You know, put the needs of the many ahead of the needs of the you know, just little old Quinny. Yeah, yeah. So just forget about the chapel. Here's, here's the thing, and, and Butthole turns to Juniper and he's like, you thought I wasn't a god. Quinny has achieved selflessness. He said it wasn't about him. What he wants is last, and what the people want is first. Uh, in this instance, 
Nope. Specific. He said it as he's he's back trailing now because he's hearing a god compliment him. That's really got to wear I'm down. Just on refining him. the sentiment Juniper that you misinterpreted. And Moss, you have a spectacular moment of being able to debate this inside your own head of just two friends giving each other the like, here we go again, look. As <laughs> yeah. uh, the three of you with your ever faithful Goblin Jr. at your side uh, bundle up and set out uh, Quinny and Butthole quibbling as they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moss and Juniper enjoying a peaceful oasis of your own mind. And uh, of course, Goblin Jr. trotting happily beside you. Uh, with uh, Bucky waving enthusiastically um, as the doors close, and uh, Reginald nodding to Mog Crankshaft, who is suspended upside down above the door, pretending to be a chandelier, staring at you, holding two candles as you leave. Um, the three of you venture out of the Fortress of Forlorn Hope. And Quinny, you begin the long road home. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V. Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's a tale of learning and healing. We've got a whole province going to see one overworked witch in a candy cottage that's been chewed to pieces by the local kids. Of fairies and magic. You're touching the sapphire of assessment! I'm not touching it! I'm just putting my hand near it as I focus my brainial waveforms on it. Stop it! I'm not even touching it! Of struggle against the odds. This is my team. They may not live up to your vision of a perfect, efficient department. They don't live up to my vision of a stampede in a barnyard. Ooh, Kiwi, that's how you know it's working. And now, it returns at last. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, Season 2. (laughs) 
Alba Salix Royal Physician from Fable and Folly. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or look us up at fableandfolly.com.